Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called PeopleThink, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online, and it can be done anywhere, and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently, and that's the beauty of leadership. It's so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now that word is worth repeating. Unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how you're going to help your team and organization move forward. You gotta be real and you gotta be bold and you gotta drive to take action. Because let's face it, People look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. And that's why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. So let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Mike Cloutier, who is the founding partner of Accelera Canada Limited. We're going to hear all about Mike's approach to leadership. So, Mike, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you today and talk uh, with you about one of my favorite subjects. Good. Let's get into it. So, before we get into all the leadership uh, conversation we're going to have, so, Mike, tell us a little bit about who you are and what Accelera Canada is all about before we get into our leadership conversation. Well, thanks. My story goes back uh, about 40 years in terms of my engagement in the uh, pharmaceutical and biotech industry. I've had a variety of roles throughout my career, but really in the last, I would say, 35 years, I've been in what people would deem a leadership role, responsible for either significant parts of a business or, or significant parts of a business and people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really just the, the, the corporate me. Who I really am is a uh, proud husband, father, and recently a grandfather. So I like to think about myself in a in a very total, mm-hmm. uh, very well-rounded way whenever possible. Uh, that has certainly served me well over the years in terms of my uh, leadership journey. Nice. And tell us a little bit about Accelera. What's that all about, Mike? Accelerate Canada, I I founded the organization about five years ago now, and actually uh, my first work started there in the Bay Area. And what I was looking to do was to accelerate the availability of innovative healthcare solutions for Canadians. Um, All too often, due to misconceptions or, you know, resource priorities or whatever the situation may be, organizations really look at Canada as a very late stage market entry from a commercial perspective. And one of the things that worried me when I spent a great deal of my career in uh, rare and orphan diseases, and particularly in pediatric medicine, was that any delay 
in, in bringing these innovations to Canada could be disastrous for patients, for caregivers, for healthcare professionals. So my goal was to try and get out in front of small organizations who hadn't really been considering Canada for those reasons I mentioned, mm -hmm. and try and get them to start thinking about coming to Canada sooner and to bring these novel uh, innovations to Canada quicker so that Canadians could benefit. And that's, uh, we started five years ago and we've been tremendously successful in, in bringing a uh, significant number of companies and products to Canada. So I'm, I'm very proud of what we've achieved so far. Wow, that, that sounds fascinating. And, and you know, Mike, I've known you for some time and, and every time that we've worked together, it's always been around that leadership and being innovative and thinking really forward like so that you could bring new ways of doing business to your organizations that I worked with you. So, um, you know, this is just one more thing that you've done. So I'm really looking forward to having this conversation because I know how much you care about leadership and how important it is to the wealth and health of an organization. So yes, love, love, love that. Thank you. You know, the first question is, okay, tell us how you define leadership. I mean, when we think about leadership, you know, it's just one word and everybody's got such different viewpoints of it and they're so passionate about what they think. And so I like to start off our conversation, just do tell Mr. Mike, how, how do you define leadership? Yeah, well, this is, you know, a great start because you're absolutely right. The definition of leadership can be so broad. There's no real right or wrong answer, I don't think. And that's the beauty of, of being on a leadership journey, I think. I kind of split it into two views. The first is that leadership isn't about titles and roles and positions, that leaders lead whenever they're called upon to be leaders or, or when individuals step up because it's time to lead. We will probably talk a, a lot today about, you know, the corporate environment and, and experiences related to our practices in, in the business world. But leadership really goes very much beyond that. And so, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm clear that when I speak about leadership, I really think about it in a, in a much broader perspective in terms of individuals stepping up and, and really leading from out front. I have developed my own style about that, but I really think that leadership is defined by people willing to step forward and be the leader to demonstrate direction and where we're going and how we're going and really come follow me um, regardless of what the capacity for that might be. You said something that I want to really emphasize, and this is that whole thing about leaders. It's not about the title. When I look at organizations, I think about the individual performers who really step up and step forward and that individual performers truly are leaders as well. And so if a leader says, I am a leader because I have my title of senior director, vice president, CEO, it doesn't matter what the title is and they hide behind that. Well, then they're not stepping up and forward. And there's so many individual performers to do that incredibly well. So definitely, definitely mm -hmm. agree with that. So, so now we start thinking about values and, and who we are as individuals. And I think about values is kind of our guiding light. It's our North Star. It's really how we make decisions. It's how we know when we make a decision, it's the right one because it's the core of who we are. What are your three values as a leader? So when you think about yourself as a leader, what are those three values? 
Yeah, uh, and I think it, just to create some context, I mean, my, I think the greatest influences that I've had from a leadership perspective came from two areas. One, servant leadership, as mm-hmm. as was originally defined by Greenleaf and sort of that whole mm-hmm. concept of being in service to others or the greater good. And then, you know, certainly Collins' work related to level five leadership and the whole concept of humility, an understanding of the importance of being confident without having ego. And and I say that because then it leads to sort of, you know, so what are the values that I think are most critical, or at least that I've, I've tried to demonstrate, emulate, you know, mentor. The first for me, without question, has to be integrity. Mm -hmm. I think that integrity is so important. I think it's defined in so many ways. I like to think about it as you know, how you act when people aren't looking is sort of one <laughs> interesting perspective. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've also referred to, uh, you know, would your, would your mom be proud of you if she saw you or heard you right now? You know, things <laughs> like that. But integrity is so, so absolutely critical because, you know, when, when it's all said and done, our ability to look in the mirror and our, our ability for us to self-criticize and to understand ourselves is so important and integrity is important. The second thing for me is courage because leadership, there are so many times when doing the right thing the right way is the hardest yeah. thing to do, the most difficult, the most painful, the least attractive. And having the courage to really do it anyway, because you know it is the right thing, mm-hmm. the right way, mm-hmm. the toughest. Mm-hmm. It takes incredible courage. Not and 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 courage uh, not in a way that's you know the courage of say frontline workers who mm. being courageous just by putting themselves physically out there and risking their health but uh, their health but but it's the courage to know that people may never speak to you again mm-hmm. because you did the right thing the right way mm-hmm. and and risking relationships those things as human beings those are tough things to deal with we don't generally speaking, like to not be liked. But your role as a leader is not to be liked. It's to do the right thing the right way. So courage. The last element for me, and I'm not sure I would really say it's a value, but it's just so important to me is achievement. You have to do what you say you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You have to achieve. You You have to make commitments and you have to be true to those commitments. I think great leaders have great followers because they demonstrate the ability to achieve and get things done. And people want to follow leaders who get things done because people want to get things done. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I would, I would say those are my three. It's interesting how connected integrity, courage, and achievement and your explanation of those three really are, Mike. If you think about, all three of them as well. There's an emotional component to each of those. So it's not like a black and white. There's not a right or a wrong. It's about that emotional piece of saying, you know what, this is the right thing to do for me, for the team, for the organization. And therefore, I'm going to move forward with that. And people may look at the black and white piece of it and say, he is crazy because it doesn't add up. And the emotional piece says, it may not look like it adds up and it adds up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Really? Well, and, and I think when you put that track record up, people start to believe in your leadership mm-hmm. and they believe in you because you've demonstrated that, no, no, like, I know you think I'm crazy right now, but trust me, yes, this yes. will work, yes. but, but you gotta be, you gotta be with me. It only works when we do it together. You know, it only works when you really believe and you follow. Yes. I'll be a great leader if you can be a great follower. Yes. Yeah. But you got to earn it. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, you got to earn it. And you also have to recognize as a leader, you also have to follow because you may not know mm. everything. And so you may lead, um, you know, be the leader of an organization. There's times you're going to follow the people in that organization because you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. And that's courage. That takes courage. Okay. So my third question is, is... <laughs> Obviously, we're going through an enormous amount of transition and change between the global pandemic and the social awakening and the economic implications of both of those big things going on. The question is, how do you lead through transition and change and and how how do you do it? Because it's complicated and it's complicated by geography. It's complicated by organization. It's complicated by industry. It's complicated by individuals. So, so how do you lead through transition and, and change? That's a, it's a, it's a great question. And, and there's probably, you know, four or five hours of conversation here, Only? but I'll, I'll try, I'll, I'll try and distill it down to maybe a couple of things that I think are, are really most important from my perspective right now and, and hypercritical, but there are, there are so many things that are required. So I, I would say the very first thing at a, at a time like this is communications. I think that highly effective communication is so critical. Being very present, you know, and uh, not physically so much, um, although when possible, of course, but really being present, being there, communicating, staying engaged, and really making sure that people have that level of connectivity. When we are fractured, not just in terms of time and space, but I mean, even in ideology, in in views, in, in circumstance, people are dealing with so much right now, and it's so incredibly complex. And, and, and not that life hasn't been complex before, but it's a new kind of yeah. complex, mm-hmm. that's all. It's just an additive kind of complexity. So, you know, communications, hypercritical, clear, communications, Mm -hmm. very exact communications, Mm -hmm. taking the time to make sure that people understand, taking the time to listen. Listening is way more important than speaking because you can only speak effectively once you truly understand. And if you can't listen, you can't understand. Mm -hmm. And then the expectations that are set through good communications really, really then, you know, formulate, I think, the opportunity for success and for cohesion and for people ensuring that we are being equally concerned about the issues we're dealing with as we are about the people that are dealing with the issues. So that brings me to my second point, which is really around heart and mind. Mm. I can't think of a time when it's been more important Mm -hmm. to make sure that our our hearts, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our emotional self are linked with our intellectual self, mm-hmm. our ability to rationalize and reason, to work through systematically 
our problems and our issues, but to keep a humanity to what we're doing while we're doing that. It's just, and, and it's difficult at times like this to be able to keep both. We will be, I feel personally torn sometimes to be going strictly with my head mm-hmm. and leaving my heart behind or to go strictly with my heart and to leave my head behind. I, I, I feel those moments of where I'm being torn and, and, and having to take the time to stop and to think mm. about how I'm going to approach this to make sure, am I bringing the totality of myself to this? Am I, am I making sure that I'm, that I'm bringing both my emotional intelligence and my emotional being mm-hmm. forward with my intelligence, with my knowledge, with my capability from an intellectual perspective. So I'd say those are the two things I think that are most critical for me right now amongst many others, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. I mean, we could go on and on about this, about this question. And, and so you said a couple of things that I, I just don't want to lose because when you first talked about that clear and exact communication, you talked about being present and then you clarified it with, we have to listen. So being present doesn't mean I just show up on a call and there I am and hello, how are you? It means that I am asking questions that I stop and I hear. Lots of times in trainings, I'll say you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So like (laughs) shut up already. So it's really, really important to listen and stay engaged. But this whole thing around head and heart. And when we went into this, this whole pandemic, nobody was prepared. And talk about change and transition. I mean, I don't think there's a person on the planet that ever expected us to be in where we are today. And so if we just lead with our head saying this is X, Y, and Z, and don't think about the pull that so many of us have in our heart, that can't possibly be leadership. You've really got to combine that IQ and EQ together and recognize everybody's dealing with this differently. And what we also know, Mike, about transition and changes, it's what about me? What about me? What about me? And so we have to help them recognize, okay, I, I've got your back on this one. So I'm going to communicate. I'm going to listen. And oh, by the way, I've got a heart as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. Can I work for you, Mike? I just want to work for you. (laughs) In a heartbeat. Oh, good. Okay, we're in. We're on. After this call, we'll talk. Okay. Uh, Great. So, so, okay, so then, so we understand about transition and change. Now, you know, again, we're in this crazy place. And if we as individuals and we as leaders don't continue our learning journey and our curiosity and how we're going to continually grow in this place, then what happens is we get stuck and we have to bring new ways of thinking as, 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 we're, as we're continuing our leadership journey. So what are some of the things you do to continue to learn during this time or you know, mm-hmm. any any helpful hints of tools or resources that that are available to folks to continue their learning journey? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, just the concept of a, le- of a learning journey is the most critical element. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very fortunate early in my career when I f- was first put in a, a, a leadership role, which was actually in marketing, and I didn't have people management responsibility in that job. I had accountability to get something accomplished through people that I didn't have positional power over. I I really had to um, be a leader of influence as opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know, back in the day, 
and you know given my age there were different kinds of leadership styles that used to work back then that don't work today but, <laughs> but back then you know that more authoritative kind of you know rah, rah, but um and not that i was comfortable with that but but anyways it was I, it was explained to me that we you know we those of us who choose to be leaders have to be on a leadership journey that it's never done mm -hmm. it's not complete you never reach the end mm -hmm. but if you're excited by the prospects of learning and the fact that it's really about the journey and not the end game anyway, then you're really gonna love being a leader. So first of all, blessed to have worked for an individual that explained it to me that way. I set upon a journey and I've continued to stay on that journey. And I love your question because it gives me an opportunity to speak about the fact that it's a journey. I've always had a coach. I, I was lucky enough to work in an industry and in a company that had the resources available to allow me to, to invest in having a coach and so I started using other people's money to pay for my coaching which was nice <laughs> smart, um, smart. But, but even uh, when I reached you know different stages of my career where where the you know the organization um, or my own company as such wasn't going to pay for it I just you know invested of my own money and so I've always had a coach and I've always kept a coach and that's probably the most important element of my journey that's kept me fresh um, obviously I do what I'm sure hundreds of people do. Um, I love to read mm. books, uh, whether it be physically or, you know, audio. There are so many great books every year, but then there's some real classics to go back to and, and capture value from. You know, I haven't taken any leadership courses in a while, but that was a big part of my journey in the past. And I'm just in the process now of evaluating a, a specific program Given my ripe old age of 62, I still think there's, you know, time for me to learn more in a course. So I'm looking at a actual leadership program right now. But, you know, the last thing I would say, and probably I should have started here, but in a way, you know, maybe it's more about recency versus primacy in terms of my point. But my network is this incredible source mm -hmm. of leadership. My leader relationships my friends, my colleagues, you know, the people that I've worked with in the past or work with today, the dialogue mm -hmm. around leadership every day, mm -hmm. every single day, yeah. something happens on either LinkedIn or just on a phone call or on a Zoom call, but leadership is right there. And mm -hmm. if you are open to receiving messages and giving messages, you know, because it's because it's a two-way street. I think if you're going to be on this journey, you you have to input into the journey for others as well. But I just find my network is such a valuable tool if you just, as we were talking, if you just listen yeah. and absorb, you know? So yeah, those are the things. I mean, they're all, uh, they're all important. And, um, you know, all those tools are available to use when you can use them. Yeah, exactly. And the important element about that is you pick and choose what's going to work at the time. And so something like picking up the phone and actually talking to one of your colleagues in your network, you know what, that's a part of your leadership journey. There's no question about it. And then there's other days you're going to say, no, 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 I got to read, I got to read. And then that's your leadership journey. <laughs> the most important thing, what I believe is really about the curiosity and that, as you said, mm. you can't stop it. it, it and it, once you stop, then, you know, I always say, if you're going to stop learning, just go home, like just go home. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. It, curiosity. That's, I'm glad you made that point because it reminds me, I think the book is Think Like Da Vinci there's like five or seven principles. I, I, I thank God I keep all these books. So I'll actually, <laughs> when we're done today, I'm actually going to go upstairs and verify my own uh, reference here, but uh, curiosity and I forget the Italian term, but 
he, he, you know, he, he speaks to this. And I remember my coach saying to me one time, do you consider yourself to be a curious person? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm incredibly curious. And he goes, yeah, how many, um, you know, how many preset stations on your radio do you have in your car? I said, uh, none. I just I listen to one station the whole time. You know, I get in the car, but the thing goes, doesn't sound very curious. <laughs> Wise guy who asked you anyway. <laughs> Well, that that's a nice way to look at it. I started thinking, oh, I have three, so I just must be incredibly curious, Mike. Three stations. <laughs> well, I can tell you I have about, I got about 15 now. Wow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Probably still only listening to <laughs> Alrighty, so so you've been on this leadership journey and you're learning. Um, how do you get your folks that that you work with to to think about leadership and, and what kind of development and growth opportunities do you try and give them or make available to them so that they can take advantage of some of those? Yeah, it's, I mean it can be challenging. Just the, econ the economics of it mm -hmm. are are difficult at times. That the the time investment as well can be very difficult. When I first left college, I sold safety equipment before I got into the healthcare field. Although I, I guess one could argue it was somewhat related, but I used to go into factories and sell equipment to keep people safe on the job. And the first budget uh, to be cut in, in any economic downturn was the safety budget. It's, I know it sounds crazy, but you know, let's face it, if it meant laying somebody off or providing a little less safety equipment, I mean, they would rather keep people on and and uh, take a little bit of a risk. And, and I know it sounds crazy, but you can understand it. Um, and so I kind of think about learning and development as sort of the safety of our, you mm -hmm. know, non-physical work world. You know, when, mm -hmm. when, when times are tough, what's the first thing that gets cut? Oh, Training. Trust me, I know. You know, right? So the discipline to make sure that people have a budget is really, really important whenever possible. But I think it goes back to explaining the journey. Um, for me, it's making sure that right from the outset that I that people understand my belief systems about being on my own journey and the fact that they're on a journey and therefore, you know, we are mutually committed to your development, but you you have a role in that. And if there are times when I can't support it financially, then we have to find other ways. And but so it's a mix of things. I do a lot of coaching and mentoring outside of just even my you know my own corporate mm. company you know my companies the, the companies that i'm involved with that i own or that i'm you know on a board or whatever my engagement is i mean well beyond that into my network of coaching and mentoring and and part of making sure that people can grow and learn is to put yourself out there mm -hmm. but also to encourage them to look for people to do it so so you have to invest and when you can't which is both money and time but when you don't have the money sometimes then make sure you at least are still investing the time mm -hmm. and i think that's i think those are the biggest things that that i do and can continue to do to ensure that the people who work for me and with me you know have the opportunities to uh, be on a vibrant you know leadership journey yeah. And what's important, uh, you know, as you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you're so right about each person has to take ownership of what they want to learn on this journey. And you can provide them the dollars and, and the time to be able to invest in them. And at the end of the day, Mike, 
if they're not going to do it, there's nothing anyone can do for it. And I always think that that gives you an enormous amount of information when you see who takes advantage and who doesn't of those type, types of opportunities. Okay, so the last question, what piece of art or culture or music or literature or something, whatever you do um, that keeps you balanced and, and, and brings you joy. And when I think about that, I think about when we show up every day, we've got to have joy and we have to have joy in our hearts. We have to have joy in our head. And we have to get that in other places than just our work. You love your work. I love my work. And yet I love when I'm not working. So what joyful things do you do outside of work that, that brings you joy and you can show that in when you're in your work environment. Mm -hmm. This is the toughest one to really thing because I, I, there's two concepts here that really resonate for me. First of all, the concept of joy. I love when people use that word and I was thrilled that we would get to talk about it because again, to go back to one of my favorite coaches who reminded me that it was important to remain childlike, mm -hmm. but not childish. Ah. And if we could always remember to learn like a child, and I, I am blessed in that I had children and I'm blessed that I had a granddaughter so I can, you know, remember mm. what it's like to watch people learn like children uh -huh. and the joy, because that's where the joy is. I mean, when you see people learning out of pure joy and the excitement that comes from the discovery of things that, of course, we've come to just accept as being omnipresent. But I mean, that first time they see something or hear something and it's just this awakening about it. And I can, Karen, I can tell you, and I, we've known each other long enough that I think you believe me when I tell you that I approach every day like it's, it, it is a joy. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it is a true a privilege and 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 just uh, I am so grateful for every single day because you know it's remarkable there, there I know that when I get up that something incredible will happen again today it doesn't <laughs> matter you know sometimes it's just one thing and uh, it may not seem like a big deal to other people but to me it's like that moment of joy there's so many and thanks for reminding me of the importance of that word and and what what exists there use the word balanced and I, I don't take great argument with it but i tend to talk more about harmony mm. in that you know we're never we're, we're always all the people we are no matter what we don't get to pick and choose the times sometimes like i remember when i was younger and i would be you know in my car with my kids who you know during points in my career where I was so busy and always away and stuff. And then when I'm finally home and there I am on the weekend and I've got the two kids in the car and all of a sudden the phone rings in the car and it's somebody with a quick business question. And I think, man, you know, I got I to answer this. But then I also remember the times when I was sitting at my desk and the phone would ring and it'd be one of my kids and they had a question and there was somebody sitting across from me and I was in the middle of a casual meeting and I would just say to them, hey, I'm going to need five minutes here because yeah. my kid's on the phone and yeah. I got to answer this question and have a conversation. So I always tried to find that harmony. Uh -huh. So so what's the thing that I use to stay in that harmonious view uh -huh. and, that, that, and, and that real true joy of life? And I would say the one thing that I always come back to is music. Music is so important to me. It's so integral. I don't play an interest and in I can't sing with a darn, but I love music. I love all kinds of music. I play music when I'm golfing. I play music in my house all day long. I, music is just always there. And and I, I literally have thousands of songs on my phone and on my, 
you know, my, my various, uh, uh, you know, my iPad and iPod and all these different things. But, and of course, the streaming and everything. But so music has always been my escape, but it's also been a, truly the background of everything I do. It's always kind of there with me. And, you know, sometimes I have to turn it completely off in order to concentrate. But most of the time, I like it kind of hanging around in the background. Uh-huh. Most recently, I think the the specific album that I've been turning to, and I don't know why, is um, an album by uh, Greg Allman called uh, uh, Southern Blood. And there's just something incredibly comforting to me about this album that when I'm feeling just a little bit either self-absorbed or off or just not, you know, kind of connected, I just I still listen to turntable music, and I'll go up to my office or down to the basement. I have a couple of turntables, and I'll, I'll I'll put a physical album on, put my headphones on, and I'll take one side, just one side of music, for me in the moment, just to reground myself. Mm. I'm shocked how often it works. It's just it's pretty amazing. But yeah, I would say music's a thing. Wow, wow, yeah. There there's a reason. All of us, well, not all of us. I'm so sad about the fact that I can't go see live music because I feel mm. so similar to you in terms of just, I don't know what it does, but it does something. And we all, it's so important, Mike, to find that something. I mean, you you talked about your children, um, your granddaughter and, you know, your wife and how that's such an important part of this harmonious life that you live. And yet we still need sometimes a little bit more so that music is just one more leg in the stool, if you will, of, of what's important and it changes, it'll change. So, and your album will change. And so you'll have to keep mm-hmm. us posted on what the next album is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love. Uh, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I need to have a, uh, a music leadership blog or something. <laughs> I, I, like it. I like it. In fact, I've sometimes opened uh, training sessions, which said, okay, everybody go around the room. What's the last song you listened to? And it is good because you get all kinds of information about people that way. It's a good Uh opening. It's a good opening. Wow. Mike, 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 Mike. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah. Your thoughts, your uh, inspiring, your ideas, your, the words, you know, courage, joy, music. Let's not forget your values of integrity, courage, and achievement. It just, Yeah pure joy uh, chatting with you. So thank you for that. And so with that, we'll close out today's conversation. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Mike Cluche, who is the founding partner of Accelera Canada. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Music by Poddington Bear and editing by Mary Lee Williams. Thanks all. Bye now.